25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, for our 75th episode, 7-5, which is just wild to think about, we have a very, very special guest with us today. We are so lucky to be joined by Catherine Dobbs, the Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have been with the team since February of 2015, formally as the club's Vice President of Community Development and the Executive Director of the Columbus Blue Jackets Foundation. Catherine, how are you today? I am fabulous. It is my honor to be here with you right now. You are far too kind. The pleasure is all ours. So, you know, obviously generic intro there, right? But, you know, what what else is missing out of that? Tell us a little bit more about you and what that role means. I mean, those are a lot of really fancy words, right? But but what do those words mean? <laughs> Every day they mean something a little different. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see, when people ask me what I do, I tell them my day-to-day responsibility. I have two goals for the organization um, that I'm trying to drive and support each and every day, and that's to strengthen the brand and broaden the base. And if we're doing anything that doesn't do those things, we should probably be talking about why we're doing it in the first place. Um, My day-to-day involves oversight of eight different business units at the Blue Jackets. Everything from business intelligence, marketing, digital content, game operations, broadcast, PR communications, community relations, fan development, and oversight of the foundation, I think is probably a a good summary. Um, So that's why my day can look a little different uh, every every time I go into work, but uh, feel very, very blessed to work with these awesome people every day. Yeah, you're not busy at all, right? With all the things that are, <laughs> I find things to do. Um. So yes. Yeah, so you wear a lot of different hats, um, obviously, and we we got to know you through interacting on Twitter when we uh, started putting out information about the show and and all that sort of stuff. But you know, I've always been curious as like a newer fan to hockey, but also a newer sort of female voice in in this sport. What has been your relationship with hockey? Did you grow up as a fan? Did you play? Um, How did you come about to wanting to work um, for a hockey organization? Well, it's interesting because I I get asked um, a lot of questions uh, in my role as everything from being a female executive to background in hockey. And, um, you know, an interesting fact for me is I am the only executive at the Blue Jackets that did come from sports. However, uh, born in Winnipeg, grew up in Northern Ontario, typical Canadian hockey family. So we feel like we're born qualified. Um, so I would say, I would say that's the hockey background for me. Um, actually, my siblings all played. I lived in a town when I was very young uh, of only 200 people. And so I didn't have the opportunity. Uh, the town I lived in, uh, although we had one general store that was the, uh, it was a general store, the post office and the liquor store. Um, but we did have three sheets of ice, one outdoor a curling rink and an indoor rink. Uh, but I, I didn't have the opportunity to play, but I, I spent um, many hours growing up uh, watching my siblings play. 
And, and really that was hockey for me. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a lot of time uh, watching the NHL and people ask me all the time, you know, who, who was your team before the Blue Jackets? And I, I say this very genuinely, I really did not have an affinity for an NHL team prior to the Blue Jackets because growing up, it was either following a junior hockey and my brother played um, our local hockey. My first job was in a hockey rink. I worked the junior B games on Wednesdays and the junior A games on Fridays. Um, to this day, my very favorite hockey to watch is the World Juniors. Um, that to me is just uh, the most exciting hockey besides um, the NHL. And so this is the second time I've lived in Ohio. The first time happened to be in 2000. I moved here, um, happened to be the inaugural season of the Blue Jackets. And so when I came to town and they came to town, I was like, you know, I don't really have a team. I'm, I'm going to be a Blue Jackets fan. So way back when, long before I ever worked for this team, I was a day one Blue Jackets fan. And my brother would come down from Canada and we'd go to the games and we were amazed at the way that this market adopted their NHL team. And, you know, to be, to be frank with you, not particularly educated at the time um, for what we were sort of used to growing up in, in hockey being a very serious thing where we came from, but watching this city embrace, which now doesn't surprise me now having spent time in Ohio, right? I mean, that's, that's what Ohio is. Um, but sort of coming in and seeing it, we were enamored. We, we were amazed. We come to the games. It was an amazing experience. Um, and to this day, um, it's, it's probably what keeps my brother and I as close as we are is, is truly our love for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, you know, day, day one Blue Jackets fan, I, I moved away um, in 2006, 2007, got the center ice package, moved three states, follow the team everywhere I went. I lived in New York when Rick Nash was traded, tried to be a Rangers fan, couldn't do it. Just, it just, it just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And uh, made my way back to Ohio, uh, you know, several years back and happened to find my way to the Blue Jackets organization. So just a, a, a blessing and a crazy journey for me. Well, we are happy that the journey led you back to the 614 because it's been so much fun. Uh, this team has been so much fun, right? And I think a lot of what your team does is so important to that. And and I guess to, to your point about being enamored by the market, like not knowing what to expect, right? Like coming from Canada, like you said, like you're born qualified to, to talk hockey, to do hockey, to work hockey, you know, how does the hockey market compare, at least for, for you personally, uh, from from Canada, right? Like, do you see a fan base is as passionate as, as that up north? Definitely, definitely passionate fan base. I think we've I think we've grown to that point. I think observations for me are more along, you know, part of my responsibility is to help grow amateur hockey in this market, right? Um, it's actually... I would say probably the reason I, I work for the team today. When I first moved back to Columbus, uh, I was working with uh, the YMCA at the time. I was in charge of fundraising and development. Um, when I came to town, they were taking proposals for All Star, and that was my chance. I called up um, the executive director of the foundation at the time. I'm like, "You don't know me, but you know we need to grow. We need to grow hockey in this market. And you know, in my humble opinion, I you know no one does." Uh, youth development better than the YMCA. 
and this partnership an opportunity for us to work together and grow the game. And I, I called up, <laughs> Jen said, you know, when do you want to meet? I said, how about now? And she said, okay. And I got up from my office downtown and I walked a couple blocks and I took our um, director of annual giving at the time we walked in, I gave what was really a, a 12 year speech for me. I always thought in, in these roles that I had, right? Like, like we can do this. And she said, okay. And they gave us a grant. We started a program called Skills and Drills that we, we do to this day. Um, and so, you know, for me, when I came back to this market and I started talking about youth hockey, what was interesting is the perception um, that hockey is not like other sports. We know the barriers to the game, right? We, we know those things. But where I come from, you know, if you found, you know, hockey sticks and they were usually hand-me-downs or the neighbors or someone else, but you got a hockey stick and, and a ball of any sort right? Which in the wintertime can hurt a little bit more depending on which frozen ball you're playing hockey with. And, you, you know, your net was two rocks, whatever you had, right? That So that's what I came from. And when I came to the market and started talking to, to people wearing my uh, development hat at the time, it was interesting that it's like, well, you can't just, you can't just play hockey anywhere. And I'm like, well, of course you can. But, but that just wasn't the way that people thought of it here, right? You can play other sports in, in other places. And so that I felt like was part of my job is to be able to paint this picture and say, sure, you can. But in order to do that, we're going to have to show people and we're going to have to remove some of these barriers. And although we're probably not going to be able to get everyone on ice, we know that's a challenge. Handing out hockey sticks and, and balls so you can play in your driveway or if you're lucky enough to yell car and you know, play in your street. That was really kind of the vision. So, you know, that was certainly one piece of it. I think the other thing that um, really early on, my my brother and I really appreciated is um, because hockey is so serious and I joke, it's probably because we have nothing else. <laughs> we have beer and hockey. So that, <laughs> right. So we take it very serious. Um, but we're, we're also super critical. You're very, very critical of your team. You know, I'll, I'll joke that my stepfather could be a fair weather fan. I mean, he's just mad at team five minutes in and, you know, you did, but here um, in the early years, you're watching and it just, the, the love and support and enthusiasm behind this team, it was just different. Now, I think as the market matures and we all get a little more educated and decide we want to be a little harsher on the team at times, we're, we're seeing that, but those were sort of the, some of the initial things that I saw that, that I also sort of uh, fell in love with, but you know, it's, it's interesting. You can, you can talk about this market and bring it hockey and, you know, maybe it wasn't traditional, traditional, but my goodness, look at where we've come and look at where we're going. And when we win and when we win the Stanley cup, my goodness, it's going to be like, whew, you know, never mind those markets up North because it's going to do great things here because of the way that people are passionate about sports and this hockey team. Yeah. It always um, bewilders us, you know, since we started the show, since before that, when we were just having casual hockey conversations and Jeremy was teaching me about the game, you know, the disbelief that so many people have about this town and this team having the potential to do those things and having the potential to, grow and become a thriving market. And, you know, one of the reasons why I became so interested in the team um, was because of all the things that they do in regards to developing youth in the community. 
And, you know, we've talked to other people. We're friends with uh, Matt Pfeffer, who owns and runs 614 Hockey, and all the things that he is doing to also help grow. And um, now seeing, having on our own team, two Ohio born and bred players in Sean Corrali and Jack Rosalvik, like, this is such good news for, um, for this community, for this team, for this, you know, expanding these opportunities for for the youth in Columbus and I'm I'm curious is this something that like has always been like something that the McConnell family wanted to do with the team or is this something that has come about as the team started to to establish itself in Columbus so I think it's interesting I you know unfortunately I never had the opportunity to know Mr. Mack although I feel like I do um you know, when I when I came and joined the team, especially representing the community side, you know, my job was to understand the intent of the family. Um, you know, the pillars of the foundation were established by the family based on their interest and in the, in the things that they wanted to accomplish as part of it. And I think what I love so much about the story of the foundation getting established and the team coming is, you know, and, and as much as I love hockey and think it, it, sh it always should have been a hockey team, you know, the, the goal at the time was to bring a professional sports team to Columbus because Mr. McConnell knew what a professional sports team could do for a community. And I think that's amazing. And when you take that and then understand the goals, that was always it was always part of the plan. Right now, it happened to be hockey and whew, thank goodness it is, um, you know, and we're and we're here now to to help. Um, grow the sport and most importantly, grow access to the sport we love. So anyone who wants to play can, but ev every part of that was intentional for the family. Um, and I think, you know, we are now stewards of those intentions. And what I loved about um, my job when I was uh, overseeing the, the foundation and the, and the corporate community relations is I had done development work for many years. Um, I went out and asked people for, for money every day and um, I did so because I believed we were giving people an opportunity and I believe people want to be part of something. I believe that, you know, that's an important uh, part of what we do. And here I was now, though, with really interesting, amazing, unique assets that I'd never had in my entire life, from athletes to the arena, right, to a fan base and all those things. And looking at it, the challenge for me was, OK, so how do we take the unique resources of a professional sports team? and do the very most good that we can in a community while supporting the team. It's still a business. It's still something that, you know, we have to work on every day and we've got to grow the fan base and, and that's a big part of it. And so um, it really, for me, was the ultimate challenge and opportunity to be able to do that. But what a gift, what a gift to this community to be able to do that and be able to have these conversations and every day try to figure out how you can maximize you know, what is an incredible asset in this community? I think that's such a beautiful way to think about it, right? Like one of my favorite courses that I took in college was a class about how much sports and society like interplay and interact to really develop culture. And and I think the Blue Jackets have done a really great job of that in a lot of ways. And I just wonder for you personally, I mean, obviously I know this work has to be rewarding, right? for many reasons, because also it's hard work. And if it wasn't rewarding in some ways, right, like nobody would, would engage in it. And, and I think, you know, I'd be interested to know, like for you and your experience with the team, what, what has been the most 
rewarding moment, whether it was with your time as the executive director of the foundation or even in your role now, um, is there a moment that just like strikes you as the most powerful in your time with the team? Um, I feel like I have a lot of those depending on which hat I wear, right? Um, you know, there's no question. I mean, even now when we replay the Tampa game, I cry. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's moments like that. But I think, you know, from a from an impact standpoint, you know, sort of, of following that um, conversation we're having, I think, you know, I had the opportunity to work with Nick and Janelle Foligno um, and, and really um, lead them down a path as they considered making a philanthropic gift, which ended up being a million dollars, half million dollars to um, Children's Hospital here, but then also the Children's Hospital in Boston. And that was really, uh, that was really special because part of the conversations with them was an opportunity to introduce them. And it was certainly their intent, right? They're like, we want to do something, but to be able to sort of guide them through that process. And, and also at the time, you know, from the donor side of it, to be able to say, you know, here are the things that you get to, you get to decide and, and that, and these organizations should be helping you to understand. I mean, we set up a dinner with doctors so they could learn about the research. We had multiple proposals for them, you know, to, to try to, introduce them to understand that, yes, the impact, you know, that you can make with something like this, but also the opportunity to consider how you want to do that. Um, so that was really special to sort of be able to walk them through it. But, but at the time, it was because, you know, Nick was a, an amazing leader. And I knew that he then was the role model in the locker room to show others how to do it right? He's the introduction to giving and, and considering what you can do and, and whether you're giving your time or you're, or you're giving a financial commitment, whatever it might be. So at that time, that was so incredible to me to be able to walk through that process. Um, you know, and I don't know that a lot of people know this, you know, originally they weren't going to make that gift public um, because that's not why they were doing it. And not, none of that should surprise us knowing Nick and Janelle. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of uh, dialogue around it because for me, and when, when you're looking at what it means and the opportunity to, you know, to be a leader in every way and show people, that was so important. And then to be able to tell the story and amplify the understanding of the need, you know, when we talked about it and it, it, I you know, appreciate it, it, you don't want to make it about you, but the opportunity you have to do even more good because you're going to share that story. Um, so that was a really, that was a really special journey for me um, to be able to go through that. And then to be able to see as Nick evolved as a leader, you know, how serious he took on that role and, and really helping everyone understand if you want to be a Columbus Blue Jacket, you know, this is this is what it means in all parts on and off the ice. Yeah. And and like you said, Nick and Janelle were were such incredible examples of that and the, the passion that they showed, even still now with Nick being a Bruin, you know, his dedication to them coming back once he retires his plans to continue on, you know, being involved in the city with the team, all that sort of stuff, like that completely blows out of the water. All of these, these rumors that float around that people don't want to be a part of this community, don't want to be a part of this team. 
Um, you know, we, we see similar things with Cam Atkinson and, you know, other players who have now retired, who live back in the community. Like, this is such a special place. And, you know, it's, it's one of those reasons why we wanted to start our show was because we wanted to show people more of the behind the scenes of the people that help really make this community special. And, you, you know, you talk so much about a big part of your job being growing, growing the game, growing this community. Um, what are some things that you would tell someone who maybe just went to their first Blue Jackets game or is thinking about going to their first game or, you know, just moved to Ohio? Like, what would you tell them about why we are a special community to be a part of? Well, I get asked that because I've moved around so much. Um, so I mentioned the small town in Northern Ontario that I lived and up until this year, that's the longest place I'd ever lived anywhere. And I recently surpassed this. This is now the longest I've ever lived in a dwelling. Um, I've ever been in a, a city. And so uh, I moved around, I moved around a lot in Canada and I've lived in several states. I went to school in Georgia because that's what every Canadian does. Um, so I get asked that. And now, you know, I'm one of those crazy people. I People call me and they're like, hey, there's a job. That's I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll try that. Now I'm getting older. I have a daughter that's 13. So I, I need to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, grounded. Um, but those were the things for me, right? I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. And in every one of those places, I, I've, I've loved different things. Um, but it's easy for me to tell people that of all the moves I've made, and when I moved here this time, I knew one person, most of the moves I know, I've known nobody, I bring my dog, you know, now I have a child. Um, and so to, to move to Columbus, Ohio, easiest move of my life, people have time for you here, right? And people are friendly here. Now, mind you, I was living in the Catskills in New York and did some business in this in the city at the time. And I would, especially as a development person, right, talking to people, I'm like, if you can't stay in an elevator or a cab ride, you took too long. You know, you move to Columbus, Ohio, people have time for you. They want to have lunch. They want to have a long lunch. They want to have happy hour. Then they want to go to the game. Um, so it's number one, it's a super easy community. You know, we, we talked about this market from a hockey perspective, but I think the parallel of the perception of the city is very similar, right? The Columbus Blue Jackets in a lot of ways and Columbus, Ohio are the best kept secret. I mean, we see that because once you come, once you come to the game or come to the city and you go, wow, we see it with fans from other markets, right? You, you think you're just going to come because they're, you know, they're going to watch the other team and then they get here and they're like, hmm, there's something going on here. So I think that the city and the team can speak for itself when we have the opportunity, right? Our goal is just get you there, right? If I can, if I meet somebody that's never been to a Blue Jackets game, you know, I'm that person, right? I'm sure you are too, right? You're just like, okay come to a game and and you see that and we see it um, we actually had a staff meeting today and we were we reviewed some of the post game survey comments to see what people were saying that had never been to a blue jackets game so you know on one hand i think you know we want to continue to tell that story to bring people in on the other hand i don't think we need to defend ourselves one minute right the product does speak for itself when it's given the opportunity um, so there's a little balance there but i mean the fact that you can I say I can I can leave the arena, get through security, right? In 30 minutes, be at the airport, ready to fly out. Now, my only complaint about Columbus is that I hope you're flying to a hub because you're never going to fly direct, right? But if that's the only thing I can say, 
I mean, from traffic to having everything to restaurants to entertainment. I mean, what a great city and what an easy city to be a part of and what a welcoming city that it is. And I think, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, as, as we look at who we are and building our brand, you know, um, being approachable is an important part. And I think it differentiates us from a lot of other um, teams intentionally, but that's, that's part of who we are here in Columbus, Ohio. And so, um, I mean, I can't say enough. I, I think it speaks for itself. The fact that I've now lived here so long. So you have to have to like paint, paint my house or something once in a while. I'm like, I need a new floor. So I need a change. Um. <laughs> oh my gosh. No kidding. And I, I've always said that, like I, I grew up born and raised in Columbus and I always say like, I want to leave. Cause you know, who doesn't like want to get away from their hometown, try something new. Right. But I always like come back to like, I wish Columbus was somewhere I discovered. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it is, it is just such a, a unique place and it's so hard to leave it. Like, it's just like, and, and why would you in a lot of it, in a lot of ways. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've just, yeah, that's, I always say that it's the best kept secret. And I kind of wish I would have found it on my own as opposed to just hitting the birth lottery, but I won't complain too much. Right. So no. I, I think what you talk about is like being approachable, which I think is like, a, is such a, an important part, right? Like a lot of the folks within the organization are so engaged with with the fans. And, and I think that that's really special. And I just wonder for you, and then also just like for your team, what you're trying to accomplish, what are some of the like most rewarding parts of that? And do you ever find yourself struggling with, with that dynamic of engaging with folks? Just walk us through the ins and outs of, of what that looks like for you and your folks. Well, you know, first of all, for me personally, I said it, I was a fan first. I was a fan first and the opportunity to come and work for the team, um, you know, I, I was shocked <laughs> when I had the opportunity to take this position. It was not on my radar. Um, and I actually needed a little time to digest the opportunity at the time because I thought, well, you want me what? Um, and I took a little time before I accepted the position. And I reflect on that now. Number one, I think because I knew that it was going to be hard. This is the hardest job I ever had. Listen, and I am, I mean, I think you've spent enough time with me now. Like I'm just, I am who I am. And um, and, and I knew it would be hard and I knew it was a big responsibility, but, but I was being asked to do something, you know, I love fishing. I love hockey. I love the Columbus Blue Jackets hockey team. And, um, I love family and I love travel. And so now all of a sudden I'm, I'm asked to be responsible for one of my very favorite things in the world. Right. Awesome. Super scary, humbling. All I want to do is not screw it up every day. Right. Um, it's what makes it awesome to go to work every day. Right. Because it is, I just, I, I, I truly love all of it, but you understand that responsibility and we're all people too. Right. So we're trying to make business decisions. We're trying to make strategic decisions. Um, being in a, a role or choosing to engage um, and be available also opens you up. It opens you up to the criticism and the questions and all those things. And so, you know, humbly, we have to navigate that. And so there's, you know, that's, that's awesome and really hard sometimes too. And so I think that's the, you know, that's part of it. I also, I tell people, you know, the people that I work with here, um, and, and we navigate some challenging discussions, you know, you're talking about single game tickets and season tickets and, and things ebb and flow and, you know, like everyone, the COVID side and, 
you know, when you're when you're looking all that at all that, there's a lot to to navigate there. But the people that I work with every day, they they only want the best. They want it too. And if you remember that, even through the tough conversations or or navigating some of these other things, and then you translate that when you're engaging with the with the fans, I can wear my fan hat, right? Of course, right? We're only pushing because we all want to be the best, better, whatever that might be. And so, um, it's it's both rewarding and humbling and also hard because, you, you know, you, you navigate that all the time. And, um, but, but it's also what we're paid to do. So <laughs> we're going to take a really quick break to remind you that subjectively speaking is sponsored and presented by our friends over at DraftKings. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, you didn't think we were going to have a conversation with Catherine without talking about the fun dip, did you? Check it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a complicated balance. I mean, we, we've we been doing this show now for 10 months. We started in January. So, um, and just, just figuring out that balance for our little show and our personal opinions and interacting with people and, um, you know, all of the things that the Blue Jackets organization has gone through in the in the 10 months since we started doing this um you know it is a completely different we're staring at a completely different team basically a completely different organization uh than we were 10 months ago and um you know much like growing the game the other thing that we like to encourage is always just like positivity and like we're so lucky to be able to experience especially right now especially for everything we've gone through in the last two years with covid like we're so lucky to be able to experience hockey in general. Um, so, you know, obviously we want to talk to you about this incredible fun dip campaign that you and your team have started that we immediately wanted to hop on board with because that's an important thing to us is remembering how lucky we are to just be able to enjoy this game. And, you know, through all of the, ups and downs that the team is going to experience over the course of the next few years. Um, you know, just tell us more about how it got started, you know, what your hope is with it and how you have felt since it started to kind of take flight over the last couple of weeks. And I really appreciate the role that, that you and so many others have, have played in, in making this a, a movement, if you will. Um, honestly, it's a little embarrassing 
Um, and I've said it, right? I mean, I this started when I sort of confessed my love of FunDip. You know, for a while there, when I first had FunDip delivered, and, and the backstory there is, you know, human resources always finds out everyone's favorite candy and we're working hard for opening night and everything's happening. And so for years they've delivered me FunDip and every year everyone's like, how old are you? And I'm like, I know, but I love FunDip. And I've always loved in that moment, sharing it and seeing people's reaction and being unapologetic. And I try to be that way, right? I might be, as my, my daughter would say, you're a little different mom, but I, I own that. And so, um, so so when I get asked this, it's interesting. And again, you, you know, go back to that line of wearing my business hat and wearing my fan hat. This was just my fan hat, right? This was just my my fan hat. And so the, the, the fun dip came, I, I shared it. Um, I, you know, I like to share pictures of my, my family. Um, certainly when my brother has the opportunity to come down and obviously it's been a while, but um, my mom, very close with my mother and our pregame rituals. And, you know, I talk about my mom's love for fireball and, and truthfully, that's, it's a family thing, but it's just not always conducive for every game and what I might have to do at work that day. And so, you know, here we are, it, it's preseason. I'm getting the fun dip. I'm laughing. I'm breaking it out on video calls to lighten people up. Cause they're like, you know, it just gets a reaction. And so, you know, I shared it that day, just me, just, you know, Catherine Dobbs, Blue Jackets fan thinking, what can I do, right, to bring some energy to my team? And um, and so I shared it that day and and it was so interesting. You know, the people like yourselves and you see it, and you're like, oh, well, that that just sounds fun. And, and people started getting on it. And it didn't take that long. And actually, some of it was just discussion in the office. I started dropping at other people's desk. And I always say, like, there's one of two reactions. I can't remember the last time I had a fun day. You know, I was in middle school or the better one. Like I've never had a fun dip. Like you've never had a fun dip. Like I feel sorry for people that have never had a fun dip. And so, but either way you find that, you know, people are smiling and you're having a conversation and, and it just, it, you know, it, it gained some traction. And I was kind of waiting because, you know, uh, very carefully, I, I was never a team thing. I never used team assets, right? This was just me. This was, you know, my thing. And of course, Matt, you know, from 614, he's like, this is fun. And Nasher and other people like, we were just having fun. And and then suddenly I'm like, <laughs> like okay, this is sort of becoming a thing. Um, also, I hope I don't get in trouble for people bringing fun up in the arena. Um, you know, and then and then one day the our president, Mike Priest, stopped and he goes, so this fun dip thing. And I was like, yeah, he's like, it's so fun. It's so fun, right? So then, then you're at this place of this only becomes a thing because the fans find it worthwhile, right? And connect and make it a thing. As a team, we don't control this. However, we're doing our job now and saying, okay, what, what can we do to support it? What would fans want us to do to support it? And, and so, um, so I've, balanced, I've balanced sort of these parallel paths through all of this. Really, truly a little embarrassed because I'm like, you know, I'm working on... Uh, whether people know it or not, much more strategic initiatives day to day, right, to accomplish goals. And 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 then here's FunDip. And, you know, I'm, I'm laughing that, you know, no, listen, not a plan, not a plan. But as you know, these some of the best things aren't planned and they are organic. And 
So, you know, it really wasn't a team thing. The fans are making it something. We love it. And you guys get it, right? If, if that's, and that's what it is to come together and cheer on your sports. We're going to, we're going to win and we're going to lose along the way and the journey. But I, I truly believe in, in the value of positivity and, and belief. And so the more people bringing that energy, I do believe it makes a difference. Um, and so to be able to share that energy and connect people. And I, I said before, I've, I've worn a hat for a long time where I believe people want to be part of something. And when we can give them an opportunity to be part of something fun, I mean, my goodness, I think we all just, we need a little bit more fun. And hey, if it's not your thing, I mean, you, you see me, then you do you. You know, if it, and if you're putting on your favorite shoelaces or my mother's still drinking her fireball because she's all in, great. Like we've got room for all of those things. But to see our fans now, I love watching people connect. You know, people sharing their fun dip. I got the best note the other day from a family that um, they got some fun dip and they, they shared it. Uh, before the game and on the plaza and the story they told of of the kids giving it. I mean, that's what it's about. And you see that and you think, man, such a, a small thing that can make a big difference at a time where I think we could all use that. Um, so it's it's really fun to be part of it. I'm grateful to, you know, everyone that has made it something and continue to share it and to see our fans going to Vegas and bringing the fun dip and sharing it. And, the who, you know, people coming this weekend. Of course, we got a fan coming this weekend who's bet. He's a Rangers fan. But he's agreed that if if we win, he's going to eat fun dip. I mean, come on. I mean, like, my goodness, we're just we're lucky. And I, I'm thankful to be part of that. Um, well, feeling a little silly sometimes now. <laughs> navigating aren't you the cmo and meanwhile i'm like actually i'm really just a hardcore fan that i'm gonna do anything i can if i think it makes a difference you know i love that so much and i think too like just like the metaphor of fun dip like never did i think that fun dip would become a metaphor right but it has like in the sense of like yeah if it's not your sticker if you can't find it at your local grocery store just the idea of finding something that like either before the game, after the game, during the game, that just brings you joy that you can share with other people. Like that's so powerful. It's simple. Right. And like you said, it's organic that it's caught on, but it's so powerful. And I love every second of it. And when you brought up fireball first go around, I was like, well, this is perfect. Right. Like fun dip and fireball. I've got to know, do they mix? Like, do they, like, how do they like, are they like not a good combo? Like what's the story? <laughs> See, so see, then I put my like very serious hat on. I'm like, it doesn't matter if it tastes good. That's not why you're doing it, <laughs> right? I mean, okay, if it tastes good, then that's the perk, but that's that's not <laughs> why you're doing this. Um, you know, they I think you just you want to spread it out. Uh, now, so he, but here's my commitment. We'll see if it happens. But now that I'm you know airing it to you guys, I'm gonna have to make it happen. So um, I'm, I'm headed to Cabo for American Thanksgiving. My my mom and my stepfather are going to meet my daughter and I there. And um, so I'm committed. I'll be on vacation watching Love the it. game. Uh, I'm committed to tequila and fireball. <laughs> I, love that. I mean, sorry, tequila and fun dip. I mean, I feel no, like- You know what? Listen, also you can be committed to tequila and fireball. Well, I'll tell you right now- <laughs> If it doesn't work well, <laughs> then we'll, 
you know, by the second period, I mean that to, to fireball if we think it, it'll work. That's what happens with my mother. She'll be like, it's intermission. I think we need another fireball. I'm like, okay, mom, what, listen, whatever we got to do. The other thing that's pretty funny is over the years, my mother's notorious for not being able to stay up late. So usually around nine o'clock, she's like fading out. So, so typical game. Um, but for the longest time, when she would go to bed, we would play better. Right. So I'm telling you, like my mom, my mother would like text me. It'd be like 830. She's like, I'm going to bed. Like she, she would, she would just, she'd, she'd be watching the game. She wouldn't like the way it's going. And so, so yeah, so it's a sort of a joke in the family that, you know, if there's a big momentum shift, I'll be like, did mom go to bed? Um, so, or, or there's times we just send her to bed, right? We're like, okay, we're, we've pulled, we've done everything we can. There's no more fun. Dip, there's no more fireball. Just go to bed, mom. So whatever it takes. Yeah, we, we've recently developed something like that. It's similar. Cause we, Jeremy got, we're doing fantasy hockey as a podcast. And, uh, after our, our Timmy Panarin's on my team and after our terrible loss, <laughs> in new york he was like you're not allowed to play players that are playing against us on your fantasy team that like the evening that we play and i was like okay noted <laughs> because really in your mind you're like if i think that i can do anything that's really going to have a positive effect i'm going to do it. i mean that's that's the great part of this right is in that moment we believe that we can do something else to help our team i'm yes, saying fully I also have, I have a fifth line tattoo. You can't really see it very well on here, but it's right here on my arm. And when I'm nervous at games, I'll rub it just to be like, come on. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. I, so I don't have any tattoos. Don't intend to get a tattoo, except that there was a group of us that when we win the Stanley Cup. So if you want to cover that moment, let me know. Um, that, that, that is when I will get my tattoo because that will be the only, the only time, but I'm doing it hundred percent. When that happens, I am doing it. I've always said, I'll get a boomer tattoo if we win the Stanley cup. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you do you, <laughs> you, you, do you and, uh, <laughs> y'all let me know what shop y'all go to and I'll, I'll schedule my appointment at the same time. Okay. Ooh, thankfully, he has a much more appropriate canon tattoo already. So, like, the boomer one won't be the only appropriate tattoo that he has. So, <laughs> no judgment here. There's no judgment here. I have to note: Did you or any of the folks who whose mastermind idea last thing or last Halloween was the was the boomer stinger Cam Atkinson, uh, you know, Halloween shoot? Uh, that, that was a, you know, backroom conversation of, you know, but listen, uh, no matter what anyone wants to say, even on a podcast, I am not, I am not in charge of Boomer. Boomer has a mind of his own. <laughs> okay. So that, let me just say that it's not that easy. And, uh, but that was, that was very fun. That was, was that was, that was fun. Perfect. I mean, like, it was just like, as perfect as perfect can get. And it made me okay with the fact that that he's not around anymore to just bring him out for moments like that. Well, and if we can't laugh at ourselves, remember that part where it's like, okay, I know we're not perfect either. Um, but now we can, now we can have fun. Now we can laugh at ourselves. 
no doubt. No doubt. Well, I have to know this too. So there are two flavors of Fun Dip going mm-hmm. back to the Fun Dip. Which one is like your, which one do you rock with the most? Like between the, and the names are like extra iconic. Yeah. Cherry Yum Diddly Dip or Raz Apple Magic Dip. Like I find the magic part really intriguing. I was having a conversation about it yesterday. I'm like, because the other thing is sometimes people ask me questions. They're like very serious too, right? Like, what is it about the fun dip? Like, <laughs> and then I get back to what I keep saying. I'm like, I don't really think it's about the fun dip. I think it's about the act of our commitment and belief. Uh, but I have to tell you, uh, I'm like cherry, cherry all the way. But because of because of my weird superstitions, like if I think we need to change it up, you know? So, and actually, um, you've seen uh, probably the tweets from Marty Mulford, uh, who works in ticketing for us. And he just got in like the springtime flavors. And he's like, he texts me, he's like, you haven't been down to get the springtime flavors. And I'm like, I don't want to tell him. I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of committed here, but like, <laughs> but then, so then I'm down in his office doing work the other day. He's like, you know, you need to take some. And I thought to myself, yes, I do. Because if I see a trend or something going and we need to mix it up a little bit. So I, I have identified on my packing list for Cabo, <laughs> my friend. Also to, to share with my, my friends down there that we see every year at this resort, I always bring them and I always bring them blue jacket stuff because I need them to put the blue jackets game up on the bar and the pool, you I know, love a great strategy. Yeah. And so um, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm bringing some extra flavors just in case we need to mix things up a little bit. I will be prepared. But in the meantime, I'm going to hold true to our red and blue slash green tongue. Thank <laughs> goodness for masks right now. It's also very professional when I'm working, you know. Um, my other favorite thing is to like watch, like, like how do you eat your fun dip? Or, see, growing up, my sister... You know, we go down to the store, we get our dollar, we get our candy and we go back. And I'm like five minutes in gone. I mean, hers would sure. last like three days, you know, like the little sour key. She'd have it like an hour later. I'm like, who are you? So like with the fun dip, she would, she'd take forever. Like dip me. I'm like, I think I'm like a couple times in and then I'm impatient and then I'm just sucking back the powder. And <laughs> my, daughter, my daughter thinks it's disgusting. Um, I'm like, I just really have the powder and then I want to eat the stick. And so, you know, I've also really enjoyed getting to know people. <laughs> you learn a lot about them when you learn how they eat a fun dip. So it's like the perfect personality test, right? It's like, yeah. can I trust you? Can I trust you based on the way you're consuming your fun dip? Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. like, I'm watching you. Like, are you consuming it with belief? <laughs> Cause you know, like the next time, cause the next time we lose, I'm going to be like, who didn't eat their fun dip? I'm saying, and who didn't eat it with enthusiasm because. Right. No doubters. No, no doubters. For them. Right. Come <laughs> on. Come on. So oh, we'll see how it goes. Oh, I love it. We, we saw the springtime ones and we were like, should we order them? But we were like, are they going to be like. Are they going to be okay? Like, are they going to be bad? And then I saw on one of these packages that they were good until like 2023. I'm like, I don't know why I thought, right, that these were like not preserved to like the gods. Like, I don't right. know. You're, you're, you're worried about that? That's funny. I got a watermelon one too. I haven't opened it, but. I'm oh, like, oh, I have a lot. That that might be on my list. 
Yeah. Watermelon might be on my list. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the Valentine's Day ones and we were like, these are either old or very early. (laughs) Somebody's on top of it. (laughs) So the only other time of year that I have fun dips is like, it's pre-season when HR does this or when people see people that know that I like fun dip inevitably every year around Valentine's day, someone picks me up a box. Cause they're like, I was out. And I'm like, I saw these and I know you like fun dip. So I usually, I usually do get, do get a fun dip supply in February. Um, so yeah, I'm not really proud of it, but. <laughs> do you think there's somebody somewhere who's looking at fun dip sales and is just absolutely confused? Well, if they're not <laughs> they're doing, I mean, they're not like, I'm, I feel like we're right on brand for them. We are right. I'm talking about brand. We are on brand for FundUp. And um, I mean, I don't know if anything changes and we have to go to a different, that same company, um, they're holding on to a lot of old candy. I was a little surprised that they had the Boston baked beans still on there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So I was like, okay, well, good to know. Yeah. (laughs) Change things up a little. Um. But I think we're all in on FunDip. I think that's the way to go. I agree. I agree. We usually like to ask our guests, and I feel like it's probably just like a dead giveaway, like for you. We ask our guests, like when the Blue Jackets win the Stanley Cup, and you're in a position where you would probably get some FaceTime with the Stanley Cup. So this is an extra special question. What would you put in it? And I'll I'll challenge you and say you can't say FunDip. So my time with the Stanley Cup would be with my family. I mean, you know, what hockey means in my family and and probably to a lot of family friends um, in Canada. Like that, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, but based on everything I've I've told you and because of my, my love of hockey and my mother, um, I think it's fair to say that it's gonna be a lot of fireball. Yes. <laughs> so I love it. I yeah. unapologetically like fireball. Like it is unironic too. Yeah. Listen, like you see me, I don't apologize for much. <laughs> I'm like, own own it. Just own it. You know, you you be you. And um, yeah, so there there will be there'll be a lot of fireball in the Stanley Cup. Laura, would I be able to get you to consume Fireball when we win the Stanley Cup? Yes, because we all have won the Stanley Cup. I really won't, like, all no holds bar at that point. <laughs> Fair. Which is why it's the only time I'm getting a tattoo. <laughs> we cannot wait to cover that. I'm so excited. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other people that aren't publicly putting up their hands, too, and I will totally out them when the time comes. <laughs> because of this commitment. Um, Cause we're in, we're in, it's going to happen. It's you have happen. to, you have to, you have to hold those people account. My fifth line tattoo was actually my first ever tattoo. Nice. Um, so, and Jeremy was like, okay, it's been like a year since I took you to your first game. Are you sure? And I'm like, yep, I'm sure. <laughs> you got when you know, you know. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. I have to well, know too. This is oh, go ahead, Laura. Oh no, no, you're fine. Go. My question is a beer question because you mentioned beer being such a, a pivotal part of you know 
the area in which you grew up. Are you a Labatt or a Molson person? <laughs> well, I think it's more important to choose a Canadian beer over an American beer. I think that's the answer to the question. Fair. Fair. Um, so I'm always just happy when when it's an option. Um, but I'm I'm not really picky as long as it's cold. So generally, I'm a wine person. This is where I, I get, I, or maybe I've matured. I don't know if that's true. Um, so I'm I'm very much a, a wine person, although I don't choose Niagara wines over the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, I. But I'll I'll choose a Canadian beer, typically. <laughs> Just make sure it's cold. Just make sure it's cold. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I have to respect it. I have to respect it. Good questions. Try my best. Yeah, I, I leave all I leave all the beer commentary to him because I don't partake in beer. I'm I'm like you. I'm a tequila and wine person. So <laughs> I'm like whatever. He was spouting off a bunch of stuff about Elvis Juice and Brewdog, and I was like, I'm gonna trust you that that is good stuff. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't mind trying it, especially local, you know. And you want to, but. But when I sit down, it's definitely a glass of wine or two or so. So I feel that. Yeah, totally, totally understand. Yeah. Well, since since you are a fan first, um, I think it, it's appropriate to sort of wrap up our interview with you by asking, like, do you have a favorite Blue Jackets moment as a fan? Like, and obviously, and we're, we did this with Mike Todd too. We, we took out sweeping Tampa, like something other than sweeping Tampa. Do you have a favorite Blue Jackets moment? Well, can I just tell you a moment that that happened with the Tampa series though? So um, I was fortunate enough to go to all the road games um, in that Stanley cup playoff as well. And, you know, to, we were so excited, obviously just, you just wanted to get on the board. Right. But we took, uh, we took some clients down and, you know, when you, when you go and visit those other arenas and you're hosted, I mean, teams do a wonderful job. They do a lot of nice things in the suite. Often they'll even have some of your local flair, you know, and they'll, wow. um, they do some really nice things. Um, some teams, you know, better than others. And certainly we try to take pride when, when we're hosting, but you know, we were in the, first game in, in Tampa and things were not going well and we're all sort of, you know, panicking and um, intermission came and I was having a conversation uh, with one of our clients and, you know, he's like, Oh man, this is, I'm like, but you, cause you know, I get all me. Right. I'm like, but you know what, you know, the difference between this team and the team years ago, we could never come back like this team, you know, who we are now, we don't, you know, and so I'm giving him this whole speech and I'm looking around the suite and everywhere is like, it's like lightning logos, obviously it's our building. Right. But I'm like, ah, oh. and so like my whole superstitious things coming in where I'm like, this is not right. Right. So I'm taking off my jacket. I'm covering the logo in the suite. <laughs> I'm turning anything that you could see right in there. And, and I'm having this conversation with this guy. And he's like, and of course, because this is like how I am. I'm like, we got to do something. Um, and, you know, I'm just saying, 
things changed. And so, so for the uh, subsequent game, I, as soon as I got to the suite, next time, it's exactly what I did. I'm like, cover the logos. You know, we got, we got to, I, the, those are the moments where I think the people I work with, because a lot of, um, I've noticed a lot of the executives, you know, send the suite and why, it's why I don't go to press level. I can't be on press level. Right. And so like every, you know, that there's everyone else and then, and then there's me. So the joke in the office too, is if you watch a hockey game with me, I need room. So um, Derek Dolly, who uh, is in charge of game operations, he and I w- went to a game in Winnipeg, right? We like to scope out what everyone else is doing. And I was like, let's get seats in the bowl. Cause we're going to be fans. And like, he went back and he's like, never sit next to her in the bowl. <laughs> like, cause I am like, animated it wasn't a very good game i you know so i'm i'm just not meant i'm not i just that's the part where you just can't take that out of the northern ontario girl so i'm you know there's some people that they probably want to watch somewhere else than than with me so so i just have to say that because i think of it all the time and here i am you know sharing fun dip and there i was trying to you know cover a logo in a suite so um so i don't know if, if there's another moment Actually, I'll tell you a good story not many people know. Uh, my, I think it was my first Cannonball event. It's a big event. Um, you know, 500 people. We had it at the arena. It's quite a production to be able to, to, to cover that and work at it. And we were doing a match. Mr. McConnell was putting up a match. And so, you know, it's important when you do something like that, that you achieve the goal. And so I was working really hard, working with um, – our board chair at the time, Kathy Little, and we're trying to do all this prep on the fundraising and we're going to do all these things and, you know, working hard. And some of the players, you know, were, were aware that we were doing it and they, and they would participate. And my parents came down for, for the event. And so we were driving home the night before and I stressed terribly over these things. It's just who I am. And, you know, I'm not going to sleep for three days. And so my parents are in the car. I'm driving home. And my phone rings and it's David Clarkson. And so I put him on speaker and I'm like, Hey David, like parents are in the car, (laughs) you know? And uh, I was like, you know, is is there something and, you know, very charitable person. And if you know uh, much about all the things he's done in the places that he's been um, big, big heart, right. Obviously didn't have a, a lot of time on the ice with our team, but, um, I got to know him as a person through these things, but he called me and he said, Hey, I, I know you've got this event tomorrow night and I know you're working really hard. And he said, and I know you've got that match. And he said, um, I want you to go to sleep tonight and know that you're going to make that match. He said, because whatever the gap is at the end of the night, I will cover it. He said, you, you've worked hard. I know what this means. And I, and I want you to know when you go into that event tomorrow night. Now that, now, we actually didn't need his gift. We actually hit the goal without his contribution. But that moment, like, man, that's awesome. So that that I will never forget. What? That's just so powerful, right? Like, just to take away that stress from you to yeah. – for also just such a beautiful cause, right? Like, for the yes. foundation and for, for yeah. everything. It's just – To just – 
do the right thing, you know, and, and just to see, but that's the community we're in, right? That, that we're so lucky. I, I say all the time, I mean, and you've probably heard me talk enough now to know that when I say, I don't know that I would do this for any other sport. I just don't um, because it's hard work and you have to have that love and passion and, and sort of get, I think both sides of it to be able to, to be able to navigate it. Um, but you know, the, the people and the, the athletes that we work with every day are amazing people, truly amazing people. And um, so I, I could probably tell you, you know, other stories. I will always have a special place in my heart for Boone too, because one of my first years, he, he came up to me, you know, after the event and just gave me a hug. And he's like, you know, it's, it's really great and whatever you need. And man, like you, when you come into a community like that and, and see that and that people genuinely care, um, I mean, that's, that's the stuff beside, I mean, yeah, we play hockey. That's awesome. And aren't we lucky? And on the, you know, when real tough stuff is going on in the world, we're like, yeah, well, but we play hockey, but it's all these other pieces, right. That we can bring to the table because, because we have this sport, because we have the sport in our community and because we have this team. I, I can't think of a better way to wrap this conversation up because that was just, I mean, it's just so indicative, I think, and so like symbolic of like why we all are about what we're about with this team and with this community. And, and I'm so grateful that you were and gracious that you took the time this evening to, to chat with us too, and, and to just share some of those messages, because I think those are the messages that, that so many people need to hear. And just like, I can't imagine listening to to this. I mean, even me, like right here, I'm like fired up, like just like hearing a lot of this, just like to give back and to to contribute however I can. So let let the folks who are listening know like how can they find you, but also like how can they get involved and how can they contribute to to the work that you're doing, your team's doing, and that the team's doing? Well, you know, I think um, our foundation does a, a great job in, in um, having opportunities to, you know, certainly at the game, you know, we, we see stop by the kiosk. That's the the one thing. If you're making your rounds of the game and you can connect with those um, with those folks working there. So, you know, we'll have um, our hats for heroes for hockey fights cancer and some uh, hockey fights cancer merch. So those are always nice ways to change up your wardrobe a little with with something, but also support a great cause. Um, 50 50. You know, the, the nice thing now is you don't actually have to be at the game. You can always buy your ticket mobile. So even when you're watching from afar, um, you can participate. Um, we've seen, you know, still wonderful contributions in memory of Kivy. We're still seeing contributions, donations to that fund. So I think there's, you know, a lot of different ways that people um, can get involved. We'll have some holiday initiatives, too. But, you know just bringing someone to a game for the first time. I mean, I love that. I love seeing those posts. We love knowing that people are having that experience in general. I think that's the way that our fan base can, can really help, right? Cause we know usually if we can get you to the game and you can make some friends and see what it's all about. I think that's, that's important as well. And, and know that there's lots of different ways to get involved with hockey and we're working hard the initiative right now to, to really try to better help people navigate their interest in hockey and how you can play, whether that's in a community center, you know, or via programs and the free programs like learn to play or free equipment programs like learn to play where you can 
get introduced. We know it's, you know, it's a big lift on some of those things, but all that stuff is on the website. Um, you know, I, I know that there, there's a, a lot to navigate there, but you've got people like myself out there, the other folks that you see on social, you'll notice our, our team social account is very active. They try really hard to be able to answer questions and, and follow up, but but we're out there. And if you see us around at a game, please flag us down, say hi, and I'll probably hug you even if I've never met you. Sorry, guys. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but, but you know, the, the chance to come and spend time with you guys is special. I love what you're doing. I mean, you're really an important part of doing what I said my job is, right? And we're trying to build the brand and broaden the base and, and do those things. And we can't do it without you. And so you play such a great role. Um, you know, the People's Podcast, I like that. You're doing a great job and we really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate the kind words and and even more so, you know, your time and just this time to connect and, and, you know, come together to talk about the thing that we love most. That's right. Go Jackets. Go yeah. Jackets. We, we need to rest up though. I mean, I know everyone's like worried about this break that we're on, but no, holy no. moly, like we're on a run here. Like I'm not going to sleep for days here. Friday, <laughs> Saturday, then there's a concert in the building Sunday and then game Monday. I mean, so we got to get ready. Bring your fun dip. Better be ready. Going to so, need it. Yep, we are. We are. So thanks so much, guys. I hope y'all have your fun dip ready after that one with Catherine. And we're, again, I know I, we say it during the interview, but so gracious for her taking the time, talking about all things, uh, her role and just what she means to this team, what this team means to her and, and letting us share what it means to us too. So that was really lovely. Yeah. We're, if we weren't her biggest fans before, we definitely are now. Um, She's just so cool and all the incredible things that she gets to do for the team, the team that she, you know, she says it best herself that she was a fan first. And I think that speaks to a lot of the things that the team has been doing since she has um, come into her various roles. And yeah, it was just such a fun interview. And I look forward to continuing to, you know, talk with her and work with her and all that sort of stuff. So Catherine's the best. She is, but you know what else is the best? We are almost over our little break. Yay! Blue Jacket Taki is only, let's see, this comes out on Thursday, so 24 hours away. Um, the Blue Jackets face off against the New York Rangers on Friday uh, for the second time this season. Um, and then again on Saturday, we face the Washington Capitals for the first time since before COVID. So yeah. um, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun filled weekend and a lot of hockey. It so. is. Yeah. And I, you would expect, I think for the, for the goaltending duo to split some duty this weekend, I think, you know, however you want to do it is totally fine by me. I think almost, I think you almost go in with Elvis on Friday to kind of set the tone, welcome back some hockey. And then I think you go Corpy after that but also just you know two uh three games in four days so a fun stretch yeah well and give elvis maybe a, a, a do-over from our first meeting with uh the rangers a couple weeks ago 
So maybe <laughs> maybe we'll actually get on the scoreboard this time. That Perhaps. would be nice. Maybe he'll be the one to get the goal. Hey, maybe. Um, but as far as other things go, Friday is um, Hockey Fights Cancer Night for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they will be wearing their very special um, purple warm-up jerseys, um, which I do believe the foundation will be auctioning off um, the game-worn jerseys as well. Um, so very big night um, for any NHL team to celebrate Hockey Fights Cancer. Um, so we're excited to be there and to see, um, you know, all the things that they do for that very special night. So, yeah, I think the team is also auctioning. Uh, I don't know if they're auctioning off or what they're doing, uh, but they'll have some uh, limited edition pucks, that kind of stuff, and and all of the proceeds going to the foundation and the foundation's efforts to, um, to you know, fight cancer and to end cancer. And obviously like our conversation with Catherine so pertinent, right? Like in talking about the ways in which, you know, a team can come to a community and, and just, you know, inject itself in, into the community and make a lot of change. And I think that that's really powerful. And I think it's just obviously such a cool thing to watch the team do. And I'm excited for it. It obviously means quite a lot to me having lost my mom to cancer. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to, to that of what I'm sure will be an emotional night, but uh, nevertheless, looking forward to it and probably spontaneously buying a, a Hockey Fights Cancer jersey or, or you know, putting putting a few tickets toward a raffle for, for one of the jerseys up for grabs. So can't wait to make poor financial choices on Friday. But you know what? The things we do for love. Truly. And also, um, we won't talk about Detroit necessarily. We'll save that for our Monday episode. But... Uh, Blue Jackets do face off against Detroit on Monday. Um, that game in particular is important because it is the first of five hockey for her events happening with the Blue Jackets. Um, the, these are events that typically only happen once or twice during a season. This year, the team is splitting it up over five different games. Um, and they are opportunities for specifically female identifying fans to come of any level of knowledge, whether you've been a fan for years, whether you've only been to one or two games, like this is your opportunity to come um, learn more things about the sport, about behind the scenes. Um, I know this specific first one is focusing on hockey, hockey operations. Um, and I believe from the, the tickets are $45. It includes your ticket to the game. Um, you also get hors d'oeuvres, um, drinks, and you get to participate in all of the, Hockey for Her events, and you can register for that on the Blue Jackets website. It's an incredible opportunity. I hope to I, uh, be able to participate in some of the other ones coming down the season, um, but definitely a great initiative to get more women into hockey and particularly into the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. So I like that they're splitting that up for um, – you know, in different nights, I know in the past, it's always been like one night. And so I like that they're taking time to really spread that out to, uh, you know, give people the opportunity to engage in the game and introduce the game to people. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the team continues to do that. And hopefully seeing that happen with other underrepresented folks in, in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And I just did a quick look and it is $45 for season ticket holders and 75 for non-season ticket holders. So pretty good deal to get the food, the drinks, the game ticket. I believe you get to also take a slap shot on the, on the ice after the game. 
um, and participate in the program. So that is a really great deal. Um, so if you can participate, um, send us your pictures so we can post them. Um, yes. But yeah. So lots of fun, exciting promotional things happening with the Blue Jackets over the next few days, which will be nice because it's been such a long six days. I miss those. I, I'm not going to cuss on the episode Catherine is on, but um, <laughs> I miss those guys. But uh, anything else on your radar, friend, as we go into the weekend? No, if you need a little serotonin and some levity, I encourage you to check out the um, video that's going around of Patrick Laine and Jonas Corposalo, um painting uh, self-portraits of each other. Um, they are speaking entirely in Finnish, but they are uh, English subtitles, so you can uh, understand what they are saying to each other. That was a feature that they did for NHL Finland uh, when the team was in New York a few weeks ago. Um, we had seen kind of a couple like weird promo photos floating around, but no one really knew what it was for. And then uh, today came out. I will say neither painting is great, but Corpy's painting is the best. I mean, so, it's not even really close. <laughs> yeah, no. Corby's painting is like high level for that. Patrick's is very not good. <laughs> this is true. But hey, he's good at hockey, so you can't be talented at everything. You can't. Good news. They're both talented at the thing they get paid to be talented for. That is correct. But yeah, other than that, the only thing is we're potentially on Max Domi watch to see if he makes his return to the ice um, either Friday or Saturday. Um, he does have to pass a COVID test as well as pass a cardiac test um, and take a practice. So, I mean, he's all about returning earlier than people expect him to. So, fingers crossed. He is. Not even COVID can keep this man down. Nope. Speaking of things that people are good at, do you know what you're really good at? Um, talking about our social media? Yeah, actually. Thank you. So yeah, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. We do have a super adorable website that Jeremy um, created for us. It's SubjectivelySpeaking.com um, if you want to check that out. It is getting much colder in the state of Ohio. And since we are going to be having games pretty regularly now for up until February, uh, you might be looking for some cold weather gear to wear to said games. Um, so you can check out our merch store. It's subjectively speaking.threadless.com. We have a lot of really, really cute merch designs. I'm super excited to be purchasing some myself here in the next couple of days. Yes, we do pay for our own merch. Um, <laughs> Um, and yeah, and then other than that, you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to us at. Again, we don't know why it matters, but if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit that five-star rating. It helps us get noticed um, in the Hockey Podcast universe and helps us grow this little community of ours. And we just cannot thank you enough for this incredible thing 75 episodes you guys 75 episodes of subjectively speaking um and we have i'm not tired of doing it so hopefully jeremy is, is. 
of badness. Ooh, we're ending at 75. Yeah, 75 is it. We hope you all have enjoyed it. Whatever. That would be almost a worse ending than How I Met Your Mother. Truly. It would be. Yeah. We won't do that up. to you, though. We won't. We'll at least make it to 76. But after that, like, I mean, hey, you know what? Anything can happen. Who's Ridiculous. to say? Who's to say? But uh, yeah, until obviously we will be bringing you a 76th episode, but we hope you really enjoyed the 75th. We had an absolute blast recording it and talking to Catherine, and we hope you liked it. But hopefully we see you at the arena. Get excited. We're going to be down there. If you see us, say hey. But until we get the chance to connect next time, take care of yourselves, and we will chat soon. Bye.